0: Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Delighted to have you join us here this morning. A beautiful morning, the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Uh, And it's the start of June, so the start of a beautiful month in June. Thank you very much indeed for allowing us to join you this morning, Uh, wherever you might be, whether you're in your homes, uh, whether you're driving, or whether you're listening to us on a podcast in various parts of the world. Wherever you are, Thank you again indeed for joining us. Of course, as, we, as we've often said in this program, this program is especially for those people who are sick, ill, housebound, can't get out of the house, can't get anywhere today, maybe on their own this morning. We hope that the Holy Spirit will speak through whatever we say this morning and whatever music we hear, just to give you something to hold on to for the day and for the week. Again, if people want to listen to the program at all, uh, as a repeat, they can do it so on Thursday evenings at 10.30. They can also listen to a podcast on our website, which is sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Of course, the video was there this morning. There it was flying off, and I forgot to introduce my guests. So can I welcome into the studio this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning, Shane. Good
1: morning, John. Good morning, listeners.
0: And Father Mihal Leston. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Father, it's a few weeks now since we had you on, but it's great to have you on again. We do Thank light a, a, a candle at the beginning of the program. That's to just remind us all here that we do have the Holy Spirit with us. We have, in fact, invoked the Holy Spirit before we started the program this morning. The program will take its, its, its normal format. Uh, part two, we'll have a chat about the Holy Trinity, as we say this today and then the Gospel of the Week, and then we'll see what, there is, what sort of notices and Shane might have a, a few signs for, us for the for the rest of the week. Again, if you want to contact the station at all during the week, uh, the phone number is 69 or you can drop a line to Sacred Space, West Limit 102, Sheehan Road, Newcastle West, or you can contact us by email, which is on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And thanks again for all those people who have emailed us and contacted us, encouraged us and asked us to keep the programme going. Thanks a lot. At this part of the programme, now, we usually pause uh, for a prayer space, and that's really to allow ourselves to get in touch with our God and maybe to remind people out there that there, are, that there are people who have really gone through a hard time these days. They've asked for our prayers. So maybe we might just remember those in these few moments that we have together. But before we do, we almost have a spirit of communion prayer that we pray each week. And this is especially for those who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. And I invite Shane to read that for us, please, this morning.
1: My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated
0: from you. Amen. Thanks a lot for that, Shane. And because we're within actually seven days of the start of the IEC, that's the Eucharistic Congress 2012, there is a prayer uh, that a lot of people have been saying around the diocese, and we said we'd just pray this morning. So I'd invite Father Michal, please, to pray that prayer for us this morning.
2: Lord Jesus, you were sent by the Father to gather together those who are scattered, You came among us doing good and bringing healing, announcing the word of salvation, giving the bread which lasts forever. Be our companion on life's pilgrim way. May your Holy Spirit inflame our hearts, enliven our hope, and open our minds so that together with our sisters and brothers in faith, we may recognize you in the scriptures and in the breaking of bread. May your Holy Spirit transform us into one body and lead us to walk humbly on the earth in justice and love as witnesses of your resurrection. In communion with Mary, whom you gave to us as our mother at the foot of the cross, through you may all praise, honor, and blessing be to the Father in the Holy Spirit and in the Church now and forever.
0: Amen. Amen. Father, thank you very much indeed for that. So we'll continue on with a piece of music this morning, our first piece of music for this prayer space. It'll be by Monica Brown from her album, from her album Quiet My Soul. And it's titled this morning, A New Heart. We hope you like this. Thank <music> Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keighley, joined in studio by Father Michal Liston and Shane Ambrose. This morning we celebrate, and today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity. So we thought it'd be a good idea now to get two people inside the studio who know all about the Holy Trinity, and John will just sit back here and and listen to some beautiful thoughts coming through. But we'll start off with Father Michal. The Holy Trinity people would say it's a big mystery and so on and so forth but you're going to unravel a little bit for us
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad you say, you mentioned the word mystery and at least you didn't say it is a big problem or it is a big <laughs> <laughs> no, no because it's it's the tremendous, tremendous rich, my god and I feel that Feast Day of the Blessed Trinity is a kind of a summary of all the feasts and all the joy and celebration and wonder that we have had since Christmas and the wise kings and yeah. then Lent and the joyful season of Lent and Holy Week and the sorrows of Christ and the death and the resurrection, then all through the mystery of the Ascension and Pentecost and the Holy Spirit gathering us all, and is all summarized in the feast day of the blessed trinity who we are yeah. and i think the first word i would ask invite us all to think about his family or any place that we belong belonging that's what is as they say all about mm. the great image of the father the father is reaching out to all of us his children as we have in the prayer of the Eucharistic Congress, the Father, his heart to gather all who are scattered. And maybe it isn't just scattered. Uh, All of us maybe who are driving a car now or sitting down at home, and maybe especially if we feel we're weak or life is over or it is harsh or we are disappointed or we made mistakes or whatever way we are bruised, it is the tender, tender look of our Father, the gaze of our Father on us that that is the starting point of how we get to know the Trinity. Because the Father sent out Jesus, as it were, the most precious, the, 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 the one who is nearest the Father's heart. One translation, he sent out Jesus from the cockles of his heart to, to us, to be with us. And he sent out Jesus as a baby, This is a mystery. This is rich. This is tender. This is warm. And all the mystery of Christmas is about something of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what the the feast day of the Trinity is, all that wonder of God reaching out to us, coming out to us as a baby, and coming to the shepherds, coming to the people who are working at night. And uh, they are... uh, that's the spirit of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he did not come just to join us, to be with us, to share our pain, our weariness, our tiredness, our hunger, our suffering, our betrayal, our letdownness, to share all that he, violence, being violated, being abused. He didn't just come to share all that. Yes, he did do all that, but he came to, in some way, open our hearts up uh, uh, to, that he could invite us to share all he has the it, belonging he has with the father uh, I, as he said to Mary Magdalene as I, I return to my father and your father Saint Peter asked him how to pray thus shall you pray and say our father he was drawing us into all that he had of life, and he was drawing us in tenderly. And, of course, we are all maybe conscious of our petty sins or our big sins or our imagined sins or whatever. We're unclean, as St. Peter said. But he said, look, for God's sake, my blood is stronger. Hmm. And Christians repeated down through the centuries, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. To to, not to cut ourselves that we aren't sinners or foolish or stupid or make mistakes or whatever, whatever, but no, but the, the, the blood of the Lamb is stronger, it can wash all. That we would all be with Him at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Uh, it, that is the Trinity, that Spirit that reaches out to us to, to help us accept the Word. The Spirit that helps us accept Jesus. He came to His own, His own received Him not. But to those who did receive Him, He gave power to become children of God. As He said to the people, who are my brother and sister and mother, those who are listening to my words and who keep my words, they are my brothers and my sisters and my mother. It is all about family, it is all about tenderness, it is all about being together. The prodigal son, welcome home, it's all about those who are dead coming alive again, those who are lost being found. It's all about family, welcome, hospitality, warrant. And that's what the Trinity is. And I love to imagine, maybe it's a bit simple, but the whole thing coming out of the father sitting down at the fire, And the son coming in for his evening tea and the father saying, how are you? And Jesus saying, great. Mm. And then the father said, yes, it's fine for us. We have a great fire here, a great spirit, a great love, a great tenderness. But I was looking at those misfortunate human beings. And I know they're great now in many ways. But look, he said to his son, Jesus, would you go out and bring them all in? Mm. Invite them all in. Because a strange thing about the invitation of God to be in his family is that he could, well, you know, he asked Mary for permission almost to enter our family. But for each one of us to come into his house, he doesn't force us. He gave us freedom when he made us. The image of God, the freedom of God. He gave us a share in that. And we have this extraordinary freedom to say no. But maybe we got our freedom so that we would be able to say yes joyfully and Take part in this extraordinary plan of God, this extraordinary kingdom of God. Our Father who art in heaven, thy will be done. And we have freedom to say yes to this life of the Trinity among us. Recently, as a priest, I've been present at a lot of First Communion occasions, a lot of Confirmation occasions, and I would even say First Confession occasions. But there's so much joy in those children, so much joy in the parents. And the mother who says after the First Communion uh, morning, I didn't think to touch me like that. Well, I think that this is uh, the, uh, the life of the Trinity Touching an ordinary, human, everyday family, when one of their child makes the first communion and there's a reverence and a celebration and a joy, that's uh, the family of God and the human family together. That's the mystery of the Trinity, all that tenderness. and. Uh, I love the phrase of Jesus at one stage where he's almost explaining why he decided to accept the Father's plan, to be to go through all the crucifixion and all that, and he says, "I came that did all, that my joy may be in you, and your joy be complete." And I see those words really alive in First Communion mornings, in Confirmation mornings, in First Confession, but of course also in the joy of children at Christmas. And more and more I see the vocation of parents, the vocation of parishes, the vocation of the priest. is not just to safeguard that joy, not just to protect children, but how can we nourish that joy of those children, the joy of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how can we all uh, um, have had that communion with Christ and with each other and the joy of that communion? And that's what our Eucharistic Congress is about. That's what our parishes are for. And that's why we must talk to each other. And like the disciples after the road to a mosque, we must talk to each other about the occasions when our hearts burn within us.
0: Father Michael, thank you very much indeed. When I'm going to invite you to follow that. I was going to say, can I go home now? (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful.
1: It was absolutely um, beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, and as Father Mihal said, like um, Trinity, sometimes it's 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 a word that we can get bogged down in, and Mm. sometimes I've noticed that lately with things with church, we get very bogged down in words. It gets very wordy sometimes, and Trinity is kind of one of those ones where people kind of there. Well, what the blazes does it mean? And I think Father Mihal has done a wonderful. I I, st- I lost count. We, we basically went from Scripture from beginning to finish <laughs> like in terms of examples of the Trinity and how we experience it. And, you know, <clears throat> when someone says to me, well, what do you think of when you think of the Trinity? I don't worry about theology or theories mm. or anything. Else. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I think of one thing, and that's the Rublev icon. It's a beautiful, beautiful Russian icon that shows three persons sitting around a table. And it represents the story of the three visitors to Abraham that are recounted in the book of Genesis, where, of course, the tradition is the three people, the three angels that come to to visit Abraham are the three persons of the Trinity Mm. father Son and Spirit. (coughs) And it is a beautiful icon because it shows three individuals in various colors, which in iconography symbolize the different persons of the Trinity. But they're sitting around the table, and there's an open space at the table. Mm. And the open space draws you in. When you look at it and you're meditating on it, it draws you in. And that's, for me, I think... Kind of what we have to reflect on this morning, because as Mihal said, you know the feast of the Holy Trinity is almost the climax of everything we've celebrated from Christmas to Easter to Ascension to Pentecost, mm. because it's what we're called to reflect on. We're called to be in communion with God, and it's actually interesting. The theme of our Eucharistic Congress this year is, you know, Eucharist, communion with God and with one another, and mm. it's a serious thing we need to <coughs> reflect on. I suppose that are we in communion with each other? are, you know, as a family, as individuals, as a community, as church. You know, when you talk about the Trinity, you talk about, someone said, the mystery of God and who God is and what God is. And sometimes we struggle to understand God because... You know, you're trying to describe him by things that are created, mm, mm. but you're describing the creator of all things. That's you right. know, mm. so we struggle with language sometimes, and we try to put words in it, and that's kind of where I was getting back to words at the start. Sometimes, when we try to put words on things, we limit us. You yeah, know, we're trying yeah. to control mm. us. Um, but if you think of, like, I think of that poem by. Uh, Joseph Mary Plunkett, you know, um, I see his blood upon the rose and in the stars the glory of his eyes. You know, they, they experience the divine in everyday life, looking around and seeing it. You know, the experience of love because that's ultimately what the Trinity is—it's love. Deus mm. Caritas says, "God is love." That's what we're told: mm. God is love, and it we're as Michal said, we're welcomed into the love of the Father and the Son. The, you know that has mm. ha- that has been poured out for us, and of course, it's 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 interesting, I suppose, because. When you look for examples of the trinity in everyday life, I think for me the most exa- the best example is um a family. Mm. You know, because you have the father, the mother mm. generally, mm. and the children and you know, the love of that's between them is a kind of a prime example of the trinity in one respect. Mm. You know, it's the father and the mother and the love that brings forth great joy in their children. So, that's just a couple of words. How do you venture to just to finish yes. up, just for the last few seconds. I,
2: I, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned the, the whole question of explaining the Trinity, which is a kind of a disastrous attempt, really, uh, where it is, uh, in one sense, it is the, the, the mystery of why did the three persons, the joyful lovers of God, decide to invite all the rest of us in? Mm. And and because we were a bit messed up, they had they had to do a job in us and set up a system of that, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so the cross and the passion and, and all that kind of thing, and and in one sense it, it's extraordinary, it's beautiful, mm. and it, it's anyway it is about joy and the fruitfulness of joy, and uh, I loved that that it's about what the angel said to the shepherds. At the very beginning you bring you good news of great joy for all the people. How great a tale that there should be in God's son's heart a place for me that on a sinner's lips like mine the cross of Jesus Christ should shine. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Fatim How thank
0: you very much. Okay, at this stage, we must go for a break. Um, for this next piece of music, I decided to piece, pick a piece by Mark Forrest from his album You Are Mine. And this one is actually entitled Only a God. So let's hear this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102, and welcome back to the third part of Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. My name is John Kelly. Still joined in studio by Father Michael Listen and Shane Ambrose. And as we always say in the program, uh, this is the most important part of the program as far as we're concerned, where we read the gospel and reflect on the same. So before we do that, I'm going to read a prayer that we always read each Sunday uh, before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father, and you know it, Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I ask Father, may I now to read the Gospel, please, this morning.
2: A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples set out for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. When they saw him, they fell down before him, though some hesitated. Jesus came up and spoke to them, he said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all the commands I gave you and know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. Thank you very much for that, Father Michal.
0: Shane, would you start us off in a reflection for that, please, this morning? Sure, John. Um, this week's gospel, I think,
1: for me, it was a very hopeful gospel during the week. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose uh, there was two things. I suppose that particularly struck me. I suppose was that that last line, you know, "Know that I'm with you always, yes, to the end of time." Yeah. And then, uh, but we'll we'll come to it. You know, going from mm. the start, I suppose. You know, in this in this gospel, we have Matthew's account, basically of. Uh, the final ap- uh, appearance of Jesus to the disciples <coughs> after the resurrection. Um, tr- Luke, I think it is has the tradition that the ascension occurred from the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, whereas Matthew says that it happened in Galilee, so we have the slight disconnect. And mm-hmm. of course, we have, you know, the return to Galilee where his mission started, and of course we have Again, they've gone up a mountain to encounter the divine. So, again, we have this great, you know, resonance through scripture mm-hmm. of going to the, 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 the mountain to seek the divine. We have Tabor, we have Sinai, we have Calvary, Horeb, all of that. And then, you know, when they, saw da- when they saw him, they fell down before him, though some hesitated. Now, that was the first line, actually, that gave me a great bit of hope this week. Because some hesitated. That was the word that jumped out at me mm, because I said mm. to myself, you know what? There's hope for us all. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you had some of the apostles. So they had traveled with Jesus. Yeah, they really had seen him in Jerusalem mm. after the resurrection and still they hesitated. Mm, mm. You know, and for those of us out there, when we have doubts or we are worried about our faith or we're conflicted about things, you know, it gives us great hope. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Though some hesitated, and for me that was a that was a hopeful thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus came up and he spoke to them. He said, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations." And that command still rings out today. Mm-hmm. It's to each and every one of us. Go, mm-hmm. you know when you when you're at mass the final i suppose the dismissal at the end of mass is you know go you are sent yes that's kind of isa misa est mm-hmm. you are sent out to spread the good news and i suppose that's what this gospel reminds us of this week again that we have good news to share hmm. despite what people think despite mm-hmm. what they say we have good news to share and that is what we're asked to do to share that good news you know and we're reminded that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. So you know, when you're, if you're there this morning and you're worried or concerned about something, or just worried about things in general, because you know there's things a lot to be worried about at the moment. Mm. You know, it offers us great hope. Yeah, I am with you always, yes, to
0: the end of time. Nice bit of hope to finish up with there, uh, Father Michal,
2: Would you? Would you go along with that? Yes, and again that phrase. Though some hesitated, has always been a favorite of mine. And more and more, I think that we can often have the image of the, well, it is 11 disciples here, because poor Judas the 12th had, well, gone to his own place, as Mm. the scripture says. But those 11, they had been through a rough business. They had left everything, they had followed Jesus, they had all the highs and the lows and then the the sufferings of watching and the disgrace and the betrayal and how their own behavior was. And the whole revelation of their own weakness and a public revelation in front of each other, they were true rough stuff. And I think we'd be very brave to say, "Oh, we are suffering more. We are through rougher stuff. Maybe some are, but not the most of us, maybe." Mm-hmm. And uh, so, therefore, uh, these people that Jesus commissioned at the very with all authority in heaven and earth, and they were the ones he stuck with, and he said, "Go." and then make disciples of all the nations that extraordinary commission given to battered limited weak human beings who were whose weakness was had been publicly revealed and revealed to each other as well that's extraordinary uh, keep our focus on the risen christ as as our focus as where it where the heart is where the light is where the energy is now there's another word there that I think in our time in Ireland, we need to, as if we're to be friends of Jesus, make disciples of all the nations. Disciple is a learner. Mm-hmm. Make learners of all the nations. And if we are to be, make others learners, I think we have to be learners ourselves. And even that phrase Jesus used, I have told you everything I have learned from the Father. Mm -hmm. Jesus presents himself as the son, yes, as the obedient son, as the serving son, but as the learning son. And I think that uh, maybe I'm bold now, but we Irish Catholics have opted out of that aspect of the imitation of Christ we have a tendency to say, well, look, I made my confirmation. I was educated in a Catholic school, a Catholic home. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if I don't know now, it is their fault. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we are to imitate Jesus, to be like Jesus, to allow his joy <clears throat> into us, we're invited to be learners. And John in the prayer there before scriptures used that phrase, which I think is strong, where we prayed that we will not despise this word, And I think that's really because if we ignore and ignore the word, ignore our capacity to hear it, our capacity to be stretched by it, our capacity to learn from it, if we ignore all that, it is despising, really. So we are asked uh, to be disciples ourselves and then make disciples of all the nations. And then, of course, Trinity Sunday baptize them, draw them into, plunge them into the intimacy of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, into that tenderness, into that warmth, into that infinity of forgiveness and healing. And again, back to the learning, teach them to observe all the commands I gave you. And then that beautiful, beautiful sense that we Christians are asked to have always of the presence of God. And know that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. The tenderness, the loyalty, the the richness, the hope.
0: Father, thank you very much indeed for that. I suppose um, just my own little uh, word in their contribution would be, again, Lecture Divina helps me out a lot there on Monday night in Newcastle West. And what I heard this week was teach them to observe all the commands that I gave you. And I think Father just touched on it there. I would be concerned for myself anyway that it's very important that if I'm going to teach anybody that I really need to know what I'm talking about. And so therefore, for me, lecture divine is very important every week because it allows me, I think Shane mentioned it once or twice before, it's very important to read to read the Gospel out loud maybe to yourself and read it a few times and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and be guided by the Holy Spirit as to what Jesus is trying to say to me rather than me picking up the ball the way I want to pick it up and go out and teach some... Think to somebody that really isn't what Jesus wants me uh, to speak about. So for me, I think it's very important that before I go out and teach or before I go out and uh, be a disciple of Jesus, I've really got to understand what, what's Jesus all about and what he's speaking about. And this week, I think we spoke about that we've got the Trinity, we've got the Father who loves us, we've got the Son who come down and showed us how it's done, and then we've got the Holy Spirit that's with us all the time. Shine just one last minute there, maybe. Yeah, just as was
1: kind of one last thought um, that struck me just as we were going through it, and it's the idea, I suppose, of of, of beginnings and ends. Because as Father Mihal said, you know, the Trinity is kind of the culmination of everything we've done, Christmas through to Ascension, and the disciples have returned to Galilee and returned to the mountains of Galilee. And, you know, it's so they've gone almost in full circle. So like the, whole, the Feast of the Holy Trinity, which brings us back full circle again to the start, the disciples have gone back to the start. And I suppose it's a reminder to us that our faith journey is continuous. It never stops. As Michal says, we're, constant, we're constantly learning. you know. And I, that, I love that, that, that imagery that Michal used as well of, you know, plunging into baptism. You know, sometimes when, we, when we're baptized now and we see baptisms in church, it's a little dribble of water over a baby's head. Mm. But of course, you know, sometimes when you, other times when you see baptisms, it's full body immersion. And it's to remind us that we are completely to be immersed in God and the love of God. And that, you know, learning about our relationship with God is a continuous process, that, like a bottomless pool that we can dive into again and again and again. And of course, as Mihal said as well, you know it's getting back to that beautiful expression, the presence of God with us. I am with you always, yes, to the end of time.
0: Shane, thanks for that. And Father,
2: just the last minute or so, please. Well, uh, again, I- I'm so pleased that we have invited ourselves and invited our listeners to keep away from the trinity as a mathematical puzzle Mm. uh, that it is uh, what the angels were talking about to the shepherds good news of great joy to be shared by all the people and uh, I suppose again if I was to make a plea maybe to myself that we're so I think afraid of trusting in words as Re- ...revealers of reality. Maybe we're keen on words as useful or plomas or entertainment... ...but just a word that reveals. And it isn't about controlling or explaining or... ...but just reveals. And uh, I think that if we could be, be learners in that sense of... ...allowing our hearts be stretched by the wonder and the joy... That the grace of God is offering us on this feast day and every day. Beautiful,
0: from Father Michal. Thank you very much, indeed for that. Okay, we'll go for our third bit of music now this morning. Again, it's from John Merkel Talbot from his album, The Troubadour, for the Lord. And this one is actually entitled, Come Worship the Lord. So let's hear this.
3: Come Worship the Lord. God
0: And welcome back to the fourth and final part of Sacred Space here in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley, Father Michal, Lister, still with me, and so is shine inside the studio. And Father, just uh, during the break there, we were discussing, uh, just finishing off our little chat on the the gospel, and you mentioned there was something else you wanted to connect up with in terms of the month of June.
2: Yes, well, uh, the month of June is the month of the Sacred Heart. And again... The Sacred Heart is the human revelation of the tenderness of the family life of God, of the Trinity. And it's an image we use to help us connect, sense the grace that gathers us, that heals us, the Sacred Heart. And it has been a, a tremendous image in Irish culture lot of other cultures too, but in Irish culture. And, of course, the famous man from Meantí Nón, Tournafalla, Fállá, Taí Sullivan, had his famous poems on the Sacred Heart. And uh, for my own mother, uh, one of the family asked her one time, when things get really hard over the years, rearing, rearing seven of us and all that kind of thing, she said, oh, I go down on my knees and I'd say, Sacred Heart, tis yours, please hand it over to the Sacred Heart. Beautiful Father, thank you very much indeed.
0: Leads us nicely, Shane, into yourself and the celestial guides and the saints. Saints, yeah.
1: Just as, as as Father Michal mentions um, the Sacred Heart, the, mm-hmm. the solemnity of the Sacred Heart is actually falling this year on the 15th of June, mm-hmm. which is actually the Friday in the middle of the Eucharistic Congress. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that are not going to Dublin, if they wish, there is actually a novena to the Sacred Heart. I think this is year the 12th, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the 13th mm-hmm. year of the, of the novena. And it's been held in my own parish of Shennigold Golden Finds in Robertstown and it's in Robertstown Church and it's on from the 7th of June to the 15th of June and I think the sessions are at half past seven in the evening so if anyone wants to tag along now the Celestial Guides John for the coming week we have a couple of interesting ones I'd say there's a very important one that we're going to hear yeah, about anyway yeah, in, yeah. um, in the Irish calendar on the 4th of June it's the Ugandan Martyrs I'll come back to that yeah, no, right. <laughs> the 5th of June is the Feast of St Boniface he's the Apostle to Germany uh, he was an Englishman that went and preached the gospel in, in what we modern-day Germany. The 6th of June is the Feast of St. Norbert, who founded the Norbertine Order, mm-hmm. or the Canons of... I can't pronounce I'm not going to pronounce That's that. That's okay, anyway. Um, and then, uh, as well as that, of course, it also is the Feast of St. Jarlet, who was a bishop and is the patron of the Archdiocese of Tune. Uh, then on the seventh of June it's the feast of Saint Coleman of Drumore, which is kind of up the kind of Lagan Valley of County Down, so it's kind of the diocese around uh, Belfast. Then on the eighth of June we've Saint William of York, who's of course associated with York in the UK, and he was poisoned actually. Um, he had rather grisly death. I'm not going to go into it. Mm-hmm. Then on the ninth of June we have our one of our great patrons of Ireland. We have Saint Columba, our Colum Kill. Uh, One of the great patrons of the country uh, from Derry, of course, associated with Iona, where he undertook voluntary, well, they think voluntary um, exile uh, to suffer with the white martyrdom. Uh, He was a pilgrim for Christ and from Iona, of course, his followers uh, Christianized most of northern Scotland. Then we on the... 10th of June with St. Ephraim of Syria. But going back uh, fort. (laughs) You've got a minute. (laughs) It's the feast of the Ugandan martyrs of course as people know I was in Uganda for three years and I lived at one of the sites of the martyrdom. St. Charles and Companions that were martyred for the faith in 1886 and the youngest was 14 St. Kizito and I would if anyone has time and they google the, the Ugandan martyrs it's a lovely it's a wonderful expression of the witness of faith
0: and it certainly has encouraged no doubt the christians and the catholics out in uganda. Yes,
1: they're very they're very popular saints actually across africa. They're very very popular. Uh what couple of other odds and ends? Yeah. yeah no. The Irish Catholic this week we're actually just discussing it in studio this morning and there's a lot of good stuff in it this week folks. Um I uh, opening uh, the article on the front page is late night shopping shoppers to be offered confession during the congress. Gary O'Sullivan has a very uh, as as always Gary's a very good ...for provoking conversations and this week it's about the hard of heart and the tight of wallet and it's basically it's a discussion about the very Irish taboo of talking about money because we see it as cheapening an event and of course it follows on from the discussion of the Congress and the cost of the Congress. From a good news perspective... We have a photograph of the five transitional deacons that were ordained in Maynooth last Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, by Archbishop Dermot Martin. Now, the transitional deacons, these are the guys that are going to go on to be ordained mm-hmm. for the priesthood. Mm-hmm. In the same Catholic, we have an article called, What is a Permanent Deacon? Now, as we mentioned last week, we are actually going to have someone on to talk about the Permanent diaconate yep. He's Brother Martin Brown. He's a monk of Glinstall. And up to, la- up to this, up to today, because actually in Dublin today, there are eight men going to be ordained to the Permanent Diaconate. And before today, Martin was the only Permanent Deacon in Ireland. So Martin's going to be on in a couple of weeks to talk to us about it. But there's a good synopsis of what is a Permanent Deacon in the
0: Catholic this week. Okay, Shane. Thank you very much indeed for that. Um, just a few quickies now before we finish off. Newcastle West. I was speaking there with Lorraine. Uh, the Corpus Christi uh, can, uh, procession next week is actually after the twelve thirty mass in Newca- in uh, in Newcastle West, and the, the, there is a procession, Father Mihal, in Abbeyfield,
2: is there? After the seven o'clock mass and the Saturday evening. Next, next Saturday night. That's right. On next the 9th. N- the, oh, yeah. the ninth. Yeah. yeah next yeah, Saturday we'll night. Be, uh, a procession and finish, uh, finish fin- finishing at the grotto and uh, outside the church, and I also mentioned that that weekend, as well as being the initial weekend of the Eucharistic Congress, tis uh, the, the general plan whether each parish is following it, but in the general rota of those who being to do this in memory of First Communion during the year with these monthly masses, the climax mass is that weekend. And we'll have that in Temple Glanton at 6 o'clock Mass on the 9th. And then uh, I hope to be at um, St. Michael's Church in Limerick at half past 10 for the School, Densha Iguiná, And so we'll uh, be all getting ready for the Eucharistic Congress and entering into the joy of being together with the Lord and with each other. Yes, and of
1: course, we keep mentioning it again and again and again. Today, of course, is the 3rd of June. This day week, folks, it all kicks off in Dublin. It's the, it's the 50th International Eucharistic Congress, which is being hosted by the Archdiocese of Dublin, being hosted by the Church in Ireland. And we'll say again to our listeners, you know, particularly for those of you that are not able to physically go, you can go, you can participate in spirit, pray for the success of the Congress and for the renewal that will come
0: from it. Thank you very much, Shine. As I say, now, just two quickies here that I got from Lorraine, Newcastle West. Next Wednesday, uh, here at 7.30, Newcastle West Bereavement Support Group are holding a, heal- a healing of silent memories ceremony for parents bereaved because of stillbirth, miscarriage or sudden infant death syndrome. All are welcome. Now that's next Wednesday, 7.30 in Newcastle West. And also, this 40 hours adoration will take place in Ashford Church from 7 th- after seven thirty p.m. mass next Friday, concluding at ten thirty mass on Sunday. That's the Sunday of the Feast of Corpus Christi next Sunday. So we encourage uh, as many people as possible who cannot attend the Eucharistic Congress in Dublin in June to consider taking part in our adoration as a way of honoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And just quick, I haven't really got time to go through it all, but remember that, uh, as we mentioned last week, there is this Limerick Pilgrim Walk, Congress Walk, uh, which starts off, uh, which actually started off on the 1st of June, and continues on until next Sunday, the 10th of June. Uh, that's by visiting uh, nine churches there in Limerick City. That's about all we've got because we're way over time. We're going to have to ask these guys in the station when they give us more time because we're constantly under pressure. But we're going to go out. Father Mihal and Shane, thank you very much indeed for joining me this morning. It's what beautiful. Road, thank it you was. very much indeed. Okay, we're going to go out with a piece of music by Marilla from her album, Come Back to Me. And I think it's very apt after what we spoke about today. It's one we all know, a beautiful song, a beautiful hymn, How Great the Art. So until next week, thank you very much indeed. John Keeley. saying bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Space on West Limerick 102.